Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show. It is the holiday season, and um, I know for a fact that tech gifts are on everybody's holiday lists. Um, In fact, I think that's probably the number one gift that's being given right now is um, the Amazon Alexa and Google Home and all sorts of smart connected devices. Um, So um, I'm willing to take any of those gifts, by the way, for anybody if they want to send them (laughs) to the Tech Cat. But um, diving into today's show, we have a fabulous technologist himself, Mr. Julian McCree. McCree, is that right? McCree? Yeah, McCree. McCree McCree. McCree, yeah, yeah. McCree, um, I'm famous for botching names. Uh, McCree, who's founder of Portal Experiences, which is a nonfiction virtual reality entertainment company. And um, Portal Experiences distributes, you know, finances and produces its own original content. We've been talking a ton this year, really the last six months, about virtual reality and immersive content in a variety of ways. We've talked to strategists. We've talked to uh, producers, uh, directors, and content creators. Um, We really haven't talked to a company whose focus is on creating um, emerging content um, in all sorts of different platforms because Julian not only does VR but lots of other things. So let's have a Tech Cat welcome for Julian. Yay! Wow, very robust crowd today. (laughs) <laughs> um, so Julian also just had a baby, so congratulations. Oh, thank you, thank you, Laurie. Yes. And I hope you're. I hope you're starting to get sleep now. Uh, I uh, gradually, gradually. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Julian, tell us um, your background because um, you know you have a lot of different things going on. But give us an idea of how you came to start Portal Experiences and what you've been up to to get there. Yeah, no worries. So, um, so I started um, in in advertising, uh, and then I worked in entertainment. I worked on Doctor Who, uh, which is a British TV show, um, and for BBC Worldwide. Uh, love, love Doctor Who, love it. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, um, you always that. Um, yeah, it definitely has um, a. Very unique following, and I and essentially Rick and Morty is Doctor Who. It's just a darker version, but anyway, that's another conversation. But um, and then after that, I started a, a company before this called Portal Entertainment that uh, was uh, trying to reinvent um, the uh, or create a new type of thriller for the iPad when that just first came out. So we we funded a PhD uh, looking at. Um, how audiences, uh, how thrillers could change based upon the audience's reactions to it. Oh, Specifically looking at the reactions in their face using the camera. And so we did, um, we built a technology platform to do that. Um, that required a blend of psychology, storytelling, um, computer vision, and uh, to, to track the faces, and then also dynamic uh, responses. And then we worked with Disney and Warner Brothers and Fox on that. Um, that's what brought me to America. And then when I came out of that, I um, uh, I thought what I was trying to do with, with Paul Tool Entertainment was trying to place the audience at the center of the story. And then as I was doing that from 2010, um, I think Palmer Lucky put up the first um, Kickstarter in 2012 and the first DK1s went live in 2014 so uh, it then it, I think we were all striving for this idea that there's going to be immersive entertainment or where the audience are going to be taking part in their stories um, and I think that uh, VR uh, then came along and was to be honest a better answer than what we were doing um, at, uh, with the idea of um, making the audience uh, feel fully immersed in in the story, and I think you're going to see that with the location base as well. So that's what my my underlying passion is. I feel that audiences are going to want to be in the centre um, um, of the of the stories and the and the and the worlds that are being created. Um, definitely a younger audience. So yeah. 
And so Portal Experiences is your own business, um, and is it is it um, is it only VR, or are you still keeping an open mind to whatever new immersive platforms come along? Because that's sort of your thesis. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, so the underlying thesis to, to to Portal Experiences to get a little deep, but I'll, the reason why we started it was, um, and the right, the way I explained it to investors was, you know, uh, the vision is, is if we change how we see, we change how we think about the world. Right. And so yep. humans have already created two inventions that have changed how they've seen and how they've thought about the world. Uh, the first one was the telescope. Uh, the telescope changed how we saw the cosmos. Um, it got us to the point of understanding exoplanets, and then probably at the end of next year, with the James Webb Telescope, we can be able to see infrared. Uh, well, sorry, in the infrared uh, sphere, which is going to be groundbreaking. So every time in that space, we change how we how we see, change how we thought about the world. Then on the other end, you've got the microscope. The microscope helped us uh, understand ourselves, at, obviously, at the DNA level or at the microscopic level and got us to the point of genetic coding. So again, changing how we saw ourselves, changed how we thought about the world. So I said to the investors, you know, what does VR allow us to do? You know, what, what, you know, what do these goggles allow us to do? And I said, I said to them, I think it's the medium to understand uh, any questions we have around human consciousness or human experience. And, um, and what I mean by that is when you put the headset on, um, if the work's done well, uh, you're trying to trick the brain to think it's having an experience and therefore the types of stories or types of experiences you're going to tell the best ones are the ones that are unique to the platform uh, or to the medium are the, going to be the ones which can answer those questions better than could be done in another one so not to get too deep that's the reason why why we did it so um it's it's about um answering those questions and i think that's what the uniqueness is of the medium are. so so it could be something else could come along, but you're, you know, you just have to be kind of prepared for it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to think of it more in a wider sense, if if immersive entertainment's logical conclusion is that I believe I'm having an experience and that it's happening to me, then that's not contingent or necessary just for um, virtual reality. There might be another medium, for instance, Magic Leap One just came out today, um, which um, is is trying to trick um, the eyes that it's seeing visual imagery uh, within its current environment. Now, if you think about that, that means the brain is being tricked to think that it's that what it's seeing is is an experience. So, I think yes, I would say take a more wider view on that and think that's what the consumer is asking for from immersive entertainment they're asking to be immersed they're asking that it's a full sensory experience and then yeah i mean vr is is the current technology that allows us to get to that endpoint. you know so yeah, yeah no that's a, that's a really good point because um so many of my colleagues in the last year and just witnessing from the show um have gone sort of vr crazy and I see the turn starting to happen where they're opening up to you know other immersive experiences AR and and XR or whatever you want to call mixed reality but also just what other things are going to come down you know down the pike because we all understand that you know content is changing and I you know I've invited a lot of people um, on the show who aren't you know specializing in VR but inevitably you know, the conversation leads its way back to VR for some reason. You know, it's just the way it all is, right? Because right now that's what's um, sort of uh, preoccupying everybody to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, look, I, look, I, I think there are going to be certain stories. You know, I'm from a storytelling background, so there's going to be certain stories that are that are better told in um, in in virtual reality stories where, you know, like I'm saying, stories about human consciousness, about experience. I think. I think the mind-body-spirit market is 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 the best um, for VR. I think you're going to see a huge amount in religion. Um, so, um, and I, I what, what any any questions we have about not to get too deep with you about uh, any questions we have about the cosmos or the upper world? Any questions we have about 
the lower world, which is anyway, if, if, you, uh, <laughs> if you know any of that stuff, uh, then I think, yeah, because what it's not trying to do, it's not trying to be reality. I think what people have forgotten with virtual reality is it like people want to be transported or, or, or taken to places that they might never be able to experience. And that was what flatline uh, uh, and, uh, completely made sense for a virtual reality experience. So, um, so I can talk about that a little bit. Why we did flatline and why that was. Uh, yeah, um, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna like take a break in like two minutes. So let's let's save uh, the discussion about flatline or at least introduce it. And the flatline experience is a VR experience that Portal experiences created, and it's going to uh, PlayStation VR. Um, you know, early next year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was made with uh, uh, co-produced with the Brain Factory and 3D Live, um, and it's um, it's on it's on Oculus HTC and it'll be on PlayStation at the start of next year. But um, there's that and the location-based stuff, which we can talk about after the break. So yeah, that's great. And and just to to get um, all of our listeners excited when we talk about location-based entertainment as it relates to VR, we're really talking about these places that you go to experience VR, like physical places where they've intentionally created areas where you can consume v VR, and sometimes with other people. So we're going to come back and expand more on that on the Tech Cat Show as we dig into uh, you know, a lot of different types of immersive experiences with Julian McCree, who is an expert in all of this and who has produced so much um, engaging content in his career. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back with Julian McCree, who, and I said that name right, who is the founder of Portal Experiences, which is a virtual reality entertainment company that is producing its own content. And um, one of the first things, uh, you know, this year that came out from Portal is an experience called the Flatline Experience, which I got to um, to, to have that experience, that VR experience at, um, what was it, like Halloween Con? It was Scarily, Scarily. Scarily, which is a conference all about Halloween, um, and Julian was there. There was actually a physical ambulance there, and you you crawl into the ambulance, you get on a cot, and t tell us what what happens, what 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 this is all about. Yeah, so 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 Flatline um, is uh, like an episodic series where you put the headset on uh, as the audience, uh, you have a near death experience, go to the other side, and come back in six minutes. And so every episode is the story of a real person who flatlines. So when you put the headset on, you're, you're hearing them tell you uh, what happened to them verbatim. Um, at the end of the episodes, you do it from a, a, a cardiologist perspective, neuroscience perspective, or um, a spiritualist perspective, and they try and explain what happened to the character in that episode. So, um, and we, 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 and the whole point of of it is that it's it really kind of serves two audiences, right? There's there's one audience that just want to do a very 
kind of um, how can I put it thrilling roller coaster that's somewhere between Doctor Strange meets Tree of Life is the best way of us trying to explain it. Uh, <laughs> it's quite uplifting. Um, and then there's a the which we call the um, centennial audience. So centennials basically means anyone born after the year 2000, and I'll come back to them in a minute and why we did uh, a lot of the location-based stuff. And then there's another audience. So we are we are heavily indexed uh, uh, with women. We skew about 60, 65% women and in America. Yeah, um, and so for that audience, uh, an older audience who, who have more questions around um, that, uh, then, then that's really more closer to, I'd say, somewhere closer to like a Christina Tippett on being audience, or like a, a an audience that that's thinking about these things, you know, chin stroker audience. Um, so, um, so in order to serve those two audiences, you know, uh, purely from a business standpoint, you know, six percent of the U.S. has currently tried a VR headset. Uh, that means ninety-four percent haven't. So, you know, there's more people who want a flatline than currently have a headset. So that means, yes, you can bring it out on the high-end headsets, uh, Oculus, HTC, and PlayStation, but you need to be able to get it to uh, a, a wider audience than that. So that then led us down a, a location-based strategy, so putting, giving the audience access to doing this in specific locations. Now, when we were thinking about that, we didn't want to offer the same experience that you get in, in, in home entertainment because uh, we believe that you know if we added... Uh, setting, let's say, an atmosphere, meaning heightening the simulation beyond just what you had in the in the um, in the eyes and the ears. That um, that's that would be something you would leave the house for. And then there's very few things you leave the house for today. Um, and so we we came up with two executions. One was called Flatline Ambulance, which is what Laurie was referring to, and that's been at Screenfest. That's been at um, Scare LA. So we were on Hollywood Boulevard. And we parked. I mean, it's real ambulance. Yeah, real, like, yeah. yeah, and we and we pull in doctors' outfits, and we and we get you to sign away before you come in, um, and then you uh, you meet me inside. We 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 dress the set so um, it looks like a, a meaning like a proper like it's being used. Uh, you get put in a gurney, um, and then you flatline in vertical commas in the back of the ambulance, uh, and then you leave after six minutes. So. Um, so, so we did that with HGC. It was um, really, really. Um, so, so the first insights from doing something like that were um, we had queues for like two hours to get into that, and um, uh, and the reason for it is and, and just um, for those of us who um, have not traveled the world, a queue is a line. <laughs> oh, sorry, a line. Sorry, yes, a line. A up. There were people lined up around, you know, the corner, at least when I was there, to, to, you know, word of mouth at the conference had gotten out. And so people were lining up to do this thing. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I, yeah, and it, and it was kind of a bit strange for us because we were like, why are people doing this? And it got me thinking, and I, I want to think a bit wider about this, you know. So, so like, if you, you know... There's a difference amongst the younger generation. Between, uh, actually, actually, I'll talk about the other execution and then I'll come back to this. So the other execution we've got is something called Flatline Emergency Room. Now, Flatline Emergency Room is in New York. Uh, we've just closed down in New York. It was a uh, – it's going to a few other locations. It's a 10-minute uh, immersive theater experience where you're the main character – uh, Gloria from episode one, and you go back to 1955 uh, to a hospital ward, a real hospital ward that we've uh, uh, designed. You go into a waiting room, you then go into a hospital room, uh, you then flatline in the hospital bed, and everything's from 1955. And then you uh, interact with the nurse while you're doing it. It's kind of like this weird David Lynch fever dream is the best way of trying to explain it. It, and that was sold out again for October when we did it in New York. So, and to, to kind of put this in perspective, like, why are people doing this? Why are people leaving the house to do this? And and, and I think what, you've got, what we're finding is there's a massive delineation, definitely amongst the younger audience, uh, between content and experiences, okay? And, and what I mean by that is if you 
been brought up with a phone. You got a phone in 2007. You were born in the year 2000. The only life you've ever known is the is is it's the smartphone. It's the screen, and on that screen there comes all these different bits of content. I even hate that word, but you but the content has no value. It's disposable. Um, you don't even understand the delineation between movies and TV. You've never paid for your Netflix ever. You've never paid for your Spotify. It just comes to you, and you don't even know how you're paying for this stuff. Uh, where uh, in in terms of that, so your value of what appears on screens very very low. Oh my God, that is such um, a smart point to make because I've never really thought about, you know, how this generation perceives content. So that's a really, really interesting thought. Yeah, and so and so imagine like juxtaposing that you spent your whole life looking at a screen, meaning crouching down, looking at a piece of glass, and then juxtaposing that against something where someone says to you, "You're about to go into an entire world." theater experience and you're going to go back to 1955 and meet a real live a, a real nurse like a live actress and you're going to have this weird experience that juxtaposition for that audience between a full sensory immersive experience versus tapping glass or what you're used to is so pronounced that they're willing to cue they're willing to cue and they're willing to pay for that um to, to, to give you an understanding about this audience if you look at the live entertainment market for that audience um, there is 32 million people in the States currently going to live entertainment experiences. 14.2 million are millennials, all right? And they're wow. spending somewhere between 180 to $200 a ticket when you're looking at the festival market and stuff like that. Like, it's not that people don't leave the house. It's that when they leave the house to do things, they have to be experiences that that are experiences that are impossible to inhabit in the home that could never be delivered on a smartphone and 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 if you deliver that to them uh then i think um you can have a business yeah you can have a proper business so yeah anyway that's the difference content and experiences yeah so well i i i really have never heard that um all those facts together to really sort of paint the picture you know, uh, of this trend with millennials. And so it does kind of explain a lot of behaviors because I was wondering why they were cool about doing all these other things but not willing to pay for, you know, video content, you know, sta standard video content. Are there any other trends in virtual reality right now that you think are, you know, impacting the development of all of it? Because distribution, for me, just as someone who is coming from the advertiser perspective, is really a challenge. Like, I wouldn't recommend VR right now to a client unless they were doing some sort of halo experience where they knew not a lot of people would see it, but it would get written up. You know what I mean? So what what are some other trends for you that you, you see bubbling up in this world? Uh, so, so I think the key challenge is... Uh, virtual reality has at the moment is not that people don't want that it's not that people don't want to do virtual reality and I can say this to you with a fact all right like I've been on Hollywood Boulevard getting your Uruguayan family of four to go and do flatline and pay me money out of their pocket to go and do it um, and so it, it's just you've got to realize in the world that we are that you're in competition, virtual reality, against every other entertainment format. You know, you could be doing Pokemon Go on your phone. You could be watching It. You could be um, watching Stranger Things, yeah? And all of those other things have a much lower barrier to entry to go and do them. You know, I can just literally press a button uh, on my TV and go and do it. In order to do virtual reality, the um, the proposition that you're presenting to the audience has to be compelling enough that it can't be done, A, in another medium, and B, that they're willing to go over the barrier then of leaving the house um, and then going to go and do that sort of thing. So so it's actually a question of um, that, that the content strategies of a lot of people uh, in terms of their virtual reality uh, experiences hasn't got people to even care. They, they don't, it hasn't compelled them in the same way that, I'll give you an example, Hamilton, all right? Hamilton in musical theater, right? Do you think anyone right now cares about musical theater um, to the point, meaning from a, from a pop culture standpoint? The only thing that's made 
made made made it into the pop culture from a musical theatre perspective is Hamilton. It was able to rise above its medium, and that you and the reason I'm bringing that up is it became mass market with regardless of its medium. Now, now the second thing that that's been the issue um, outside of the content strategy is yes, the cost of the hardware, but I don't you know. You know, the cost of the hardware will always go down. If you look at the logical conclusion in the industry, it's going to be web web VR, which means it's going to be delivered in a browser, and it's going to be delivered on a mobile. Yeah, so maybe in version eight, nine, whatever, in terms of that. But I don't think that's the challenge. I think you know, if the experiences were great enough, uh, you would go and do it. Like when PlayStation Two first came out. They came out with Grand Theft Auto 05, right? And Grand Theft Auto PS3 came out. They came out with Grand Theft Auto 05, and that made people buy a PlayStation. So I, I don't buy the whole. Um, I don't buy the whole. Uh, what's the word? We haven't. Um, they don't have the device, and yeah, that's why exactly. that's why people aren't watching, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the third issue was was trialing. Uh, so trialing is a big issue. Uh, so I'm currently in Kansas City right now, and the only place that you can trial when I was here a year ago was in Best Buy. And and in Best Buy, they had an attendant for the PSVR um, headsets, and he took you through and he put you in it. And remember, this is the mass market. I'm not talking about LA. I'm not talking about New York or San Francisco. I'm talking about the mass market. And that was the only place you could try. You couldn't even try the Oculuses, or uh, they didn't even know what that was. They're they're always I think also they almost ruin the technology for you at at these Best Buys and everything. But we actually have to take a break, Julian. We're going to be back to talk more about um, these trends in VR, as well as you know I'd love to hear from from you who are really at the cutting edge of everything how you keep up with all of this and what you're doing to learn more. We'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody. We are back. We've been chatting with Julian McCree, who has been dropping insights about the nature of sort of how audiences are changing and why you know, VR and immersive content is actually going to skip over the won't pay for this. And um, actually, millennials will pay for great experiences, great content, and leave the house to go to these location-based entertainment facilities. And Julian, you were just giving us some trends around content around VR, and I think um, you had one more to talk about. Yeah, so I think think the last thing to talk about is, is, and the trend I would say to you is that you, when you used to go to location-based environments, like, you know, you used to do Laser Quest, um, at, at the end of it, they've got this thing called a door-to-score mechanic or door-to-score. And what that basically means, from the minute you come in the door to the minute you see your score on a leaderboard, that's kind of the experience, right? I think today what you're doing when you're coming into emergency room and, and uh, flatline emergency room and things like that is today Facebook and Instagram are the new leaderboard of the modern age. So, and, 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 and let me explain what I mean by that. What I mean by that is people are defining uh, their, well, their identity or who they are to the outside world through what they post. 
And if you can, sh if they can show to other people experiences that other people haven't had, that they've had, that were uh, unique, uh, one of a kind, um, they're going to post it. And then the mechanics around that posting is then they're looking to see how many uh, likes and comments they get on it. So there's, there's an inbuilt scoreboard for the types of things. So what that then leads you to do is, as, as, a, as a millennial or a younger person, is you go, can I find the experiences that are so bonkers um, that other people uh, could do them? So, so I basically get to the top of the leaderboard. And so this isn't just unique to location-based entertainment. They will go to the middle. They will drive an hour and a half to get to the middle of a poppy field in central California to see them bloom. They will travel to Desert X in Palm Springs while Coachella is going on to 14 different art installations to make sure they get that photo. Yeah. And I, and that's the world we live in now. So if we can create these moments of spectacle, these incredible experiences, you are, you have the pipes, if you want to think of it like that, and the mechanics around those pipes for those ideas to spread in a way that we that we haven't had before, you know, so. Yeah, and, and some people are extremely successful, like, right out of the box, and then, you know, others aren't, and, of course, there's a whole ecosystem now that has been built around those pipes, as you're, you've been saying, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. So it's, it's so, so interesting. Now, where do you go, Julian, when you want to learn about something new? Because I know you're day to day, you're really inside of these things. But where do you go or what are you reading to, to get inspired? Because this isn't something that you learn once and you're done and you're just going to work in VR. I can imagine that you know, every six months you'll be, you know, playing with something new. So what's your, how do you spend your time? Yeah, so so I think, I think, uh, so to just take a look at kind of the wider industry, um, the best, so just what I'm saying is media and entertainment in general, the best is, um, uh, or best for, for analysis is something called Stratechery, which is a uh, website, uh, that he takes a very kind of high-level view of looking at, you know, how the entertainment industry is as well as the technology industry. That's, that, I'd say, is really amazing and in how he looks at things. Uh, he's just done a great piece on the Disney-Fox um, merger and how that's going to compete against Netflix. Um, then I would say, if, you, if you're looking at, at location-based stuff, the best stuff is... Um, there's a great conference called the future of immersive leisure where everyone from the attraction space meets up and, um, it's really good because, um, they've been dealing with these issues for 30 years and they're trying to innovate in the space and they are people who've already been dealing, uh, fully immersive entertainment, uh, way beyond anyone in Hollywood. Uh, who have been dealing with windows, uh, you know, and frames. Yeah, yeah, like the, the, the past types of the old-fashioned types of letting audiences see your content along a certain distribution path. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, they're way beyond it. So, I mean, you know, they, I went to a conference and they went, right, this is the third wave of VR, and they all started, like, yawning. Um, so, because they, <laughs> they heard it, yeah, yeah, they'd heard it in the early 90s, They'd heard it in um, early 2000s and then this because that's the business they're in. They're in the business of immersion. IAPA um, is another great, obviously the best one down in Florida. What, uh, now what, is, what does that stand for? Uh, I think it's the uh, International Amusement uh, Attraction Association and Parks Association. Um, it's, it's massive. It's like the size of like, I don't know, three football fields or something and it has so is it as big as CES? Uh not as big as CES but close. Close. Yeah. Got it. Because they need all they need all that space to show, you know, all the cool attractions and things you can buy for the amusement park center. All the way from popcorn and candy to to, you know, uh, uh, Formula One simulators. So it's it's pretty cool. Um and then and then um I'd say uh, if, again, wider stuff for the advertising industry. There's a great company called um, Addictive Mobile. They do a fantastic analysis. They're an English company. Um, because I'm not on the social media stuff. I, I'm more. 
I'm more, what's the word? Um, I will, I need to get fed up because I'm just a bit too busy. And so Addicted Mobile does a great analysis of the advertising industry um, uh, and how it is affected by um, um, digital. And then the best, um, another good one is the DNA Association for um, for out of home. Uh, sorry, for location bases is the leaders on that if you just want an email to come into your inbox. Um, and then the best for uh, just media day-to-day and media analysis is something called Media Redef. Uh, that is fantastic. Um, they've got a guy who writes for them called Matthew Ball um, who is does incredible analysis of the, um, of the um, entertainment industry. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would you have to have that in your inbox. Um, so, um, and then probably the only person on face uh, on uh, that I get keep getting fed on Facebook is there's a lady called Irina Cronin who does a really good job of just uh, sending. Oh, we've dope- had uh, we've had Irina on the show. Yeah, so Irina, I don't know where she gets all the time, but she um, uh, she does a great job of just kind of. Feeding me dopamine hits of um, <laughs> uh, of like uh, uh, basically immersive uh, media uh, notifications of what's going on, um, and it's actually easier getting that via her feed than it is going to four different websites. Uh, she's kind of like a um, she's very very good. So. And and do you feel like do you set it up so that every day you're consuming this kind of thing? Uh, it's it's sort of part of of what the business is about now, um, or or is it more like if someone tells you something? Um, some of it is more breaking news, so that would be more Irina stuff, uh, which is more breaking news. But my issue with a lot of that stuff is you've got to see who's writing it. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know. We're in a bit of a clickbait world, and clickbait definitely exists in uh, the um, virtual reality um, publishing space. And um, sometimes it's not a news story, you know. And that's why you need the strategies, you need the media redefs, you need the people to give you the analysis because um, otherwise you're constantly anxious, thinking that you don't know everything. When that's really kind of not true. It's just uh, you need to sometimes take a step back and and try and understand what this means in the context of all things, if that makes sense. So yeah, 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 yeah. It to- it totally makes sense. Uh, now, in the background with all of this information, you know, coming coming in, you know, wh- how do you decide whether an idea of yours, you know, the story portion of the idea is right for VR or gaming or any of these uh, new platforms as they bubble up? You know, do you, do you, um, is it inspirational to you? Does it just say to you, this is for VR? Like, how do you determine what the output is? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good question. Um, so, so I, I, I'll, I'll give it with a true example, right? So if you take a story like flatline, flatlining or near death experiences has been told in, uh, in 2D, right? So it's been told as Altered States, the old William Hurt movie, uh, Brainstorm, 1984, when that came out, Flatliners um, in fiction, uh, Leftover Season 2, Episode 7. Uh, it's been told in documentary, The Day I Died, uh, which is a, a nice somber piece for you. Um, now, if you've been telling it in all of those other mediums, like uh, documentary, television, and film, um uh, and by the way, also in books. So you've got a lot of the best-selling books are on near-death experiences. So why is it that why would you need to tell that in VR, or why is VR the best medium for it? But it's because it's because when you think about non, uh, uh, a story like that, um, instead of it being a, a retelling from someone else talking to you, um, it's actually happening to you. You're in the you're in the protagonist's head um, while they go through the experience. And the best way of you trying to uh, relate to that uh, audience member is because, um, and the best way of doing it is being first person and and hitting the viscerality that they went through. Um, So in that scenario, first person is best. The second reason is virtual reality then allows us to kind of go wild with it, right? So, So even though the person said they're going to do something, right, they've said this has happened to them, 
you have a bit of creative license over that. So if someone says they went into a spinning vortex, um, it might not be a vortex. It might be something else. So you artistically, you can go down like a lyrical abstractionist route and be like, right, I can get really wild here, right? And and so and so when you're thinking about taking people on a journey and into a world, uh, it's it's an experience that someone says they were going to have. And then creatively, I can then deliver something that's really like a visceral hit um, that feels like it's happening all around you to you. Um, so what I would say to you, coming back to your question, when you're choosing these virtual reality experiences, I think they've got to come back in our brain. Like, are they experiences that, are they stories that feel like they're an experience for the audience as opposed to happening to someone else? And then if you're going to tell those experiences, are they going to be um, compelling or thrilling enough that when you take the headset off, you, you can't explain it and that you're going to want someone else to do it uh, and get them to put a headset on? Because remember, they can't see it. So, yeah, anyway, that, that, yeah. that would be my logic. Yeah. But th that's really interesting now because now I would say that a writer or director or producer who comes up with a great idea is is going to have to go through those questions in their head or at least experience it organically like I think you do to to understand how are they going to uh you know spit this out um cuz now there there is so many different choices and you know it really is the medium is the message right now i mean it really is that the that how you consume something and what you're consuming you know are so intricately intricately <laughs> woven together right um yeah, so yeah. Really I, mean, I mean, not to get too nerdy on the science of it, like when you are watching TV or something like that, you're using mirror neurons to put yourself in the shoes of Donald Draper or Walter White. Uh, so, so your brain is uh, trying to understand that character, even though you're not first person to that character. So, so, um, so you're a lot of that work, and the reason why. The, the writing is working so well in a lot in the longer form is because the, the is because you're you're trying to understand how why that character would make the decisions at that moment in time if I was that character you know like if I was Donald at that particular point. Oh, oh Julian we have to take another break um, right. it's, it's always when you're saying really interesting things but we're going to be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with Julian McCree who's dropping insights about the future of entertainment and content. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. 
And we are back talking to Julian McCree, who's the founder of Portal Experiences. We've been talking, um, you know, really getting into the idea that content is changing, audiences are expecting different things, and now as a creator, as a writer, as a producer, you have the opportunity to, to sort of choose the right platform because really audiences' expectations can't go back, right? They're only going forward to these new immersive platforms. So, Julian, where can people find more information about the flat, Flatline experience? Uh, yeah, simple. Just go to www.flatlineexperience.com. Uh, you can sign up to the email, and then we can tell you where the um, where the uh, next locations are going to be. We'll be announcing a few in the new year, and then uh, that's for people who don't have a headset. If you do have a headset, um, yeah, you'll see all the places to download it: uh, an Oculus and HTC, and then we'll be on PlayStation in the new year as well. So, yeah, it's flatlineexperience.com. And is there any uh, newer projects that you can share with us? Anything coming up? Nothing that I'm going to announce yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll come back on the show to announce them. Yeah, there, there are a couple of other things, um, but I will. I've kind of taken a little break to look after the um, look after my newborn, um, and uh, yeah, I'll be announcing some stuff in the new year. But yeah, that's important. Um, that's also important too. Um, I, I, by the way, I didn't mention this, but I did see uh, Flatline Experience at Scare LA, and um, it was actually really scary, and especially the experience of lying down on um, that that uh, you know bed roller that was in the ambulance. So that feeling of being inside the environment that then you virtually go into, you know, is really significant. So much different than just putting on a headset. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for flatline emergency room as well, we've had people come out of it like crying, not crying out of scaring, crying out of um, um, uh, their alignment with the person in the story. Um, so it, it affects people in different ways because it's how much you choose to um, or how much you relate. Um, because it is an uplifting story. Yes, it is scary in the middle, but you know, fundamentally, you know, how are you going to live your life after you've come back? You know. And um, yeah, so so it is big in that sense. Yeah, so I, lo I, I loved it. And um, do you imagine that the new thing for teenagers is going to be location-based venues? You know, places that they go and hang out. Um. Uh, yes. Yes. Um. And no. I think that. Um, I think that uh, if you're talking about. All right, this is part of a wider trend. Um, talking about you talking about kids connecting with each other. Uh, there's a great New York Times article talking about that the level of teenage pregnancy, alcohol addiction, and uh, drug abuse has gone down for the first time ever in 30 years. Hmm. Uh, and, and the reason is uh, very simple: um, they're leaving the house less to go and do things like that so, so, so you know like if you're going to do that you normally go you know drink drink the uh, uh, the parents uh, liquor cabinet or it'll be uh, I'll go to a house party or whatever right that's what right. we used to do uh, no no what's taken over or, from that or you what? get an illegal license you get a fake license which is what you know which is I what did I've heard um, no, I think I think what you're seeing is that those addictions that so so you used to connect like that, and by the way, that still happens. But but the way that you connect now um, is via this uh, this dopamine pump in your in your hand, uh, um, and they and the addictions are actually through the um, actually through the uh, casual games and through the social networks. So so they so they so they're connecting through that, and I feel that so so the reason I'm saying that is. You're talking about whether uh, teenagers are going to connect or, or come together. I think that the they are already doing it, and they're already doing it in WhatsApp groups, Snapchat groups. Uh, they're doing it on Twitch. Uh, they, you know, they're already doing it in that sense. I think that if you're going to get them to leave the house, it has to be bonkers. So that's why I was saying to you about the live entertainment and the location-based stuff about the the fourteen point two million is. It has to be, I don't know, a stage that's in the, that's in the shape of a mushroom, you know. Yeah, um, right, right. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm only saying that because it's not that they don't connect. It's that when they'll take a photograph of that 
and then they'll all talk about that, you know. So then, you know, then that acts as stimulus for the conversation, you know. So, yeah. So, you know what you, you, you just reminded me of? You are not only are you, you know, a content creator and a producer and a director and all these things, but in so many ways you're also an anthropologist because so much of what you've talked about is undering, understanding the psyche of the human being and, and this, these millennials coming up and how and why they pay for things, do things, physically go places, right? Because understanding that, then you can make content that connects with them, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, fundamentally, you, you, you know, I run a company. I've got to know my customer. So I've been in the back of that ambulance, you know, uh, seeing the thing. I've been at emergency rooms and I've chatted to them afterwards. If we don't know or understand our customer, I, the one thing that annoys me about this industry is there's all these people talking at conferences, yeah, and they're all talking to themselves, you know, and they're all saying how if, but then. None of them are on the, on the front line. None of them are talking to the customer. And it's like, if you don't know your customer, how do you know that they're going to want this? Now, I know they want virtual reality. And so to your point, yes, the anthropologist angle is, if you know them, uh, if you know them to an obsessive level, then, yeah, you can create things that you hope that they will want. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with you. So, um, Can you give us um, a little uh, heads up on your social media tags so we can follow you, um, so the audience can follow oh, you too? Yeah, yeah. I, th um, I think it's um, at, if you go onto Flatline Experience, it's at Flatline EXP or Experience on, on, on Twitter, Flatline EXP, at Flatline Experience on, on Instagram. I think there's uh, Flatline Experience on YouTube. Uh, that's just forward slash flatline experience. And then I think Facebook is again forward slash flatline experience. So and are are but, you are you um doing any tweeting blogging under your own name? Oh yeah, um yeah. I mean I mean you can find me on Instagram. I think it's at Julian McCree. Yeah, but um I have taken a little bit of a break, like I say, just for the for, to be a um, to be a daddy a daddy, which yeah, is very. Yeah. very <laughs> So just on a on um on a closing note here, um just in the last minute or two we have left, um can you name some content experiences that you didn't create that you you think are really you know top notch or really where things are going? Uh yeah, I think um so I'll do the high end and the low end. Um at the high end, um you've got to check out Star Wars: Secrets of the Empire. Uh, which is um, a location-based experience uh, that's about, I don't know, it's about 50 minutes long, um, where, which is a full-body experience. You're a stormtrooper, or really you're for the resistance, but you're a stormtrooper. It's, uh, the, the storytelling's really good, um, and um, I think that's really, really a really great piece of work, a really great attraction. Um, at the other end of it, um, God, I just played this, I want to get the name, it's this, really surreal piece where I'm a giant no no where I'm shaving a giant's leg and <laughs> um, and I'm kind of like this small character and it's super wild um, oh my gosh well, well you're gonna we're gonna have to uh, send that information out next week because we have to we have to go but we have been talking to Julian McCree who is the founder of portal experiences who produced and created flatline experience which you can find out on um, flatline flatlineexperience.com, a really uh, exciting piece of VR content tossed in with some location-based experiences. And Julian's been dropping insights. So check out Flatline Experience. And thank you so much, Julian. This has been so insightful. No worries. No worries. Have a good time, guys. Bye, everybody. Talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 